Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services. Also, Scott Bolton will have details on this week's Stats Canada crop production estimate. And up first in today's country comments, we'll be joined by Manitoba Agriculture Cereal Specialist Ann Kirk. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. We're joined now by the province's cereal specialist, Ann Kirk, to get an update on harvest. The winter cereal harvest is wrapped up. Uh, average yields for fall rye would be about 75 to 90 bushels per acre, and winter wheat about 60 to 70 bushels per acre. So uh, quality is generally good. Uh, we've heard of more ergot in the fall rye, but uh, in general, things are looking pretty good for the winter cereals. Spring cereals, you know, some good progress made over the past week or so. How are things looking there? Yeah, we've definitely seen a lot of progress in the spring cereals over the past week. So about 60% um, harvested, you know, from when the crop report data was collected on Monday. So um, about, yeah, about 60% in general. So spring wheat, we're seeing average yields about 60 to 70 bushels per acre uh, with good protein. Um, barley ranging from about 65 to 90 and oats about 120 to 150. So, you know, this, I'm not sure how widespread the rain was overnight, but, um, you know, I think farmers got harvested in the last couple of days. And uh, when things dry up, harvest will resume uh, full speed ahead. Yeah, I guess the uh, in the central region, is that is that pretty much complete for the spring wheat? Yeah, in the central region, we're saying about 75% um, completed. So, you know, a lot of farmers in the central region have moved on to canola that um, finished off their spring cereals. But there are, you know, definitely see some spring cereals still around. Right. And... Uh, I, just with the uh, with the delay in seeding and kind of the staginess of the crops here, maybe just talk a little bit about um, you know how farmers are kind of planning their harvest this year. You know, with with the different crop uh, stages. Yeah, it's a bit tricky, and I've noticed much more swathing this year than um, previous years. So more people swathing uh, spring cereals, whether it's oats with green stems. We've seen kind of that across. Uh, different areas where people are swathing because the stems are staying green for so long. Um, canola, there's pretty wide range in canola, so some canola has been harvested, and others, you know, the the seeds are still uh, fairly green. So we are seeing more swathing in canola as well, just kind of trying to get it off um, as soon as possible. So uh, and and more pre-harvest application as well. So I think that's one way that farmers are trying to deal with it, and also you know picking and choosing fields that they're ready to do. Uh, and in some cases, going back, like leaving some, you know, less mature areas and fields and going back a few days later to finish those off. How is the corn uh, progressing? Yeah, so it's at the dense stage um, in general. So the milk plant would be about one third of the way down the kernel. So we are starting to see corn uh, maturing and uh, cutting. We're guessing that it's going to start the next week or two on some of the earlier maturing hybrids that were planted sooner. So uh, and we are, you know, starting to see some corn dry down just um, uh, visually as well. With frost, you know, is that going to be an issue? Or Yeah, definitely. I People are concerned with frost, which is, I think, one of the reasons why people are trying to get their um, crops off as soon as possible. So, you know, we've seen some cooler overnights, uh, I think four degrees a couple of days ago. And in uh, the northwest region, there was a light frost in some areas over the last week. So frost is definitely a concern, more so with uh, the later planted crops like corn and soybeans um so yeah hopefully the weather 
you know, dries up a bit and then farmers are able to get a good jump on more combining. Um, for something like soybeans, we're seeing a wide range in crop maturity. So uh, some of them are starting to come off and some of them are still fairly green. That was Manitoba Agriculture Cereal Specialist and Kirk. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. There's been a bit of a surge in forward hog contract prices. Tyler Fulton is with Hams Marketing Services. There's some opportunities that we haven't seen in at least a couple of weeks. That's coming partly from, you know, the weak Canadian dollar. Obviously, there's a fair amount of uncertainty and inflationary effects that is impacting our currency. But for right now, anyways, it's uh, aiding in some support to Canadian prices. The bigger effect is coming from the, the hog futures side. And farmers made good harvest progress over the past week. And Kirk is a cereal specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. So about 60% um, harvested, you know, from when the crop report data was collected on Monday. So about 60% in general. So spring wheat, we're seeing average yields about 60 to 70 bushels per acre uh, with good protein. Barley ranging from about 65 to 90 and oats about 120 to 150. So when things dry up, harvest will resume uh, full speed ahead. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, September 16th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, reporter Scott Bolton will have details on this week's Stats Canada crop production estimate. Stats Canada released its August crop production estimate this week. To find out more about the report and how the information is put together, reporter Scott Bolton talked with John Say, the unit head for the co-op reporting unit at Statistics Canada. What we're seeing in the release that uh, came out on September 14th is that, uh, in general, uh, crop yield and production is looking uh, better this year when compared to 2021. As I'm sure you're aware, 2021 was a very, very dry and hot year, so yields uh, and production across Western Canada were down quite a bit, uh, but things are certainly looking better this year thanks to uh, more precipitation and more moderate temperatures. And does that kind of uh, change it all from, it was, I think, in the middle of August that the last one came out? Has that changed it all? Uh, there have been some small changes, um, but not too, too much. Um, so the uh, previous release came out on August 29th, and that was for uh, everything up until uh, July 31st. The current release uh, that came out yesterday on the 14th is up until the end of August. So we do see some small changes, uh, but by and large, the, the trend is still uh, the same, which is that things do look quite a bit better than they did in 2021. All right. And then you mentioned that that's kind of due to uh, precipitation and growing conditions. Uh, can you expand on that at all? Sure. Uh, well, across a lot of uh, Western Canada, we're certainly seeing more precipitation, um, definitely in Manitoba and uh, in parts of Alberta. Uh, similarly, in eastern Saskatchewan, there's been uh, more precipitation this year. There are still some dry pockets of the province in the central and southwestern parts of the province, so uh, yields could potentially be impacted there as a result. Uh, but in general, again, uh, higher precipitation has certainly made for a better situation in 2022. And then when is the next report coming out? So the next report will be our final set of uh, yield and production estimates, and that will be released on December 2nd. All right, and that'll just be kind of the same information, just updated with new, I guess, uh, statistics? That's right. So the release on August 29th and on September 14th were both uh, preliminary estimates of yield and production using a model-based approach. And the final estimates 
that will be released on December 2nd will be produced using a survey of approximately 27,000 farmers across the country. And that will be the final estimates for yield and production for the year. And then kind of moving on to the, uh, I guess, methods behind that. It seems like, uh, at least from some releases, that you're kind of moving away from surveys for uh, farmers. Could you tell me a bit about that? Sure. Well, right now it's in the Agriculture Division at StatCan. We're, we're working towards trying to employ new methods that will help us to produce uh, data that is uh, of a similar or better quality, while also trying to reduce the amount uh, that we need to contact farmers. We, you know, we understand how busy farmers are throughout the year, and anytime we can continue to produce those high-quality statistics without having to contact farmers, that's sort of a win for everybody. So and that's what this model-based approach allows us to do. Um, historically, in both July and September, uh, we would contact farmers and we would ask them for their estimations of preliminary yield and uh, production. Uh, and 2016, we moved away from that approach, uh, starting with the September um, occasion when we when we started implementing this model-based approach. Uh, and then in 2020, we did the same with July. Uh, we found from uh, from looking at our internal studies is that we were able to produce estimates that are as good or better uh, than we were able to produce using a standard survey-based approach where we contacted farmers. So what kind of benefit does that have for farmers at all? Sure. Well, as I'd mentioned before, one of the big benefits is that um, we don't need to contact farmers as much. So uh, as I'd mentioned, we, we fully understand that they're quite busy. Um, so this provides us an opportunity to produce that same data without having to call throughout the month of July and throughout the month of September. So that's one of the, the big benefits. And then uh, another benefit to, uh, to, to not just farmers uh, who could be using the data, but also to other data users is that the, the results that we are producing uh, generally tend to be as good or better uh, than what we were producing um, with a standard survey of race approach. And then does that also benefit StatsCan? Um, yes, yeah, I mean, it's a benefit to everybody. Uh, this is uh, a good approach that we're able to do. Um, you know, like I said, there's less calling of farmers involved, and so it's, it's beneficial to sort of everybody. Uh, it's a, a sort of a simpler process than a, a survey-based approach, so uh, I think it's beneficial to everybody all, all around. That's John Say, Unit Head for the Co-op Reporting Unit at Statistics Canada. For Golden West, I'm Scott Bolton. Thanks, Scott. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Scott Bolton, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is hosting a webinar entitled Wild Cultivation Traditional Plant Management Systems of Northwestern North America. That takes place September 27th. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. And the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting the 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, we're joined now by Tyler Fulton, Director of Risk Management with Hams Marketing Services, to get a hog market update starting with forward hog contract prices. Just in the last couple of days, Tina, uh bit of a surge in forward prices where there's some opportunities that we haven't seen in at least a couple of weeks. Um, that's coming partly from, you know, the weak Canadian dollar. Um, obviously, there's a fair amount of uncertainty and inflationary effects that is impacting our currency. Um, but for right now, anyways, it's, uh, it's 
aiding in some support to Canadian prices. But uh, the bigger effect is coming from the, the hog futures side. Um, we're, you know, I think we're, we're up about uh, close to 4 or 5% on some of our winter forward contract prices, which um, for this time of year, um, and I'm saying this over the course of the last four or five days, so for this time of year, that's a really positive uh, development and, and one that uh, we're seeing some, some activity on forward pricing uh, from from the producers. And uh, what about cash prices? Yeah, cash prices are also kind of supportive. I think most of that is coming from uh, a firmer than, than normal um, carcass value. So in particular, the, the belly prices have, you know, surged higher really over the last week or so. Um, and that's contributed to some, you know, to some higher carcass values. And, and that kind of, um, kind of trickles into our Canadian hog pricing. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty positive thing for this time of year as well. But take it with a grain of salt because those belly prices are highly volatile. Um, as quick as that, as, the, as those values can, can jump, they can also fall apart. So a lot, lot less, uh, well, a lot more volatile, and, and generally you can't rely on them quite as readily. But, um, you know, all the other, all the other components of, that make up the hog, hog, uh, hog carcass, the, the other primals like uh, loins and hams and, uh, and butt values, they, they all uh, are, are pretty firm. And, and so I think it's a really good sign that uh, pork demand, at least uh, domestically, is, is pretty solid in this, in this kind of inflationary environment. That was Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing Services giving us a hog market update. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba's corn crop is starting to mature and Kirk with Manitoba Agriculture gave us an update. So it's at the dense stage in general. So the milk plan would be about one third of the way down the kernel. So we are starting to see corn uh, maturing and cutting. We're guessing that it's going to start in the next week or two on some of the earlier maturing hybrids that were planted sooner. And we are, you know, starting to see some corn dry down just um, uh, visually as well. Kirk says the potential for frost is a concern for the later maturing crops. And cash prices for hogs have been supportive as of late. Tyler Fulton is with Ham's Marketing Services. I think most of that is coming from uh, a firmer than than normal carcass value. So, in particular, the the belly prices have you know surged higher really over the last week or so, and that's contributed to some some higher carcass values, and and that kind of trickles into our Canadian hog pricing. That's a pretty positive thing for this time of year as well. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.